Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. It is show number 34 and here it's Sunny 16 it is party week. We have got several parties to recommend starting off uh, with some friends of ours who are having a T-Max party. So anyway never mind before we get going uh, on that excitement how you doing Graham? I'm doing very well, Aid. Um, now that I'm pretty much an international supermodel, I, I feel like somebody ought to be bringing me um, grapes and uh, drinks and stuff. Otherwise, I'm going to throw a real major temper tantrum um, because that's what models do. I don't know much about models, but I'm pretty sure that's what models do. Have um, you got a dog in a handbag? Uh, well, I've got a dog in a bin bag. Is that the same? <laughs> okay, Best not to ask questions about that. <laughs> Best not to ask too many questions about that, but um, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm very good. It was fantastic to see you yesterday. Um, I know we're going to talk about that more later, but yeah, it was really great to catch up with you. And I'm definitely in the party mood. And there ain't no party like a T Max party. So fill us in on this aid. Well, do you know what? It's only just come to my attention actually. So you know, uh, happy to be corrected by our listeners if I get this one slightly off beat. It turns out that there is a new or new-ish, uh, Twitter account. It says it was started in December 2016, so I don't think we're too far behind, maybe just a month behind. Um, and this is started by uh, three people we know and or follow on Twitter. Uh, first being M, uh, Emulsive Film, at Emulsive Film on Twitter. Second being at Dizd, D-I-Z-D, uh, and uh, otherwise known as Dizzy Cow, and the third being SD Mosmode, so at SD Mosmode, uh, otherwise known as Sean David Mosmode. So these three guys have got together and they have started a T Max party. Now, I was aware that there was an FP4 party, uh, that one pops up quite a lot on the Twitters. Uh, it does. And I think from reading through, I think the plan is that uh, the T-Max party is going to be in the first half of the year uh, and the FP4 party will be kicking off again later in the year, I suspect, um, uh, from what little I've I get the feeling that this is a work in progress idea and at the moment they've got the Twitter account and it's all go, but we're not quite sure what go is yet. Well, I know one or two podcasts like that. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I, I know one faux show. <laughs> so, yeah. So, okay. So, everybody join in the the uh, Team Axe party. Um, yeah. And uh, let's see where that, that takes us. Um, so, let's see. I wonder if, if uh, M and Dizzy uh, and others are what, thinking, well, we've got this FP4 party going on. Hmm? Yeah. So, Team Axe, are they trying to create a competition for their own parties? Well, the good thing is that they, they put on the thing that this is for all films T-Max. So that's obviously a bit of a broader swath than um, FP4. I mean, the FP4 is great, but that's a one two five speed film, and that's good for what you need it for. Um, whereas with the T-Max, you have actually got some different speeds there, haven't you? So um gives a bit more flexibility. And also, I think T-Max is probably a bit more amenable to being shoved around a bit more. Do, um, do you know much about it then? Because I don't think I've ever shot T-Max. Don't tell anybody. Uh, I think I've, I've I've shot a couple of roles, um, but because HP5 is kind of my go-to and the, you know, the Ilford films in general, mostly because of availability and also because I just like the films. Um, but obviously you've got uh, the, the 3200 speed T-Max, um, 
which I <laughs> recently used a very expired roll of one to the disastrous effect. Can you still get that um, actually? Is that still a, a a current product? I guess maybe it is. It's not one that good I've seen. Question. I don't know. Um, I didn't. I, I had a feeling we saw some when we were in uh, London, but that might have been the um, Delta thirty two hundred. Who knows? Who knows? We we could look this up. We do have the internet. We'll look it up it, in the break. Let's not bother. <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's just sound ill informed and <laughs> like, but 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 interested. Yeah, let's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> happy yeah. happy to be better informed if people want to tweet us. So <laughs> this is a post fact world, <laughs> which is not even bothering. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Actually, uh, over the weekend, something shifted in my psyche, and I'm no longer concerned with evidence or facts or anything <laughs> like that. Um, and uh, although here we go, here's some photography news. So uh, David Hobby, the strobist, uh, uh-huh. he tweeted today a photo of uh, the top of Donald Trump's head and noted that there seemed to be from from camera left to camera right a comb over and then coming back the other way <laughs> from uh, camera right to camera left, a second layer, which is what gives him the sort of flicky, quiffy type look that he has. So he actually has, I believe, the president of the USA. He has two comb overs. That's an impressive, the double comb over. I mean, if I'd known that before, I might have felt more charitably about his uh, election because that's that's a kind of a move that not everyone can pull off. Um, <laughs> well, uh, yes. <laughs> I, I hate to do this because I feel like I'm, I'm shooting the very spirit of our podcast in the face, but I'm looking at the Wikipedia, which, as we all know, is the most accurate thing. Uh, and it does say that... Um, T Max thirty two hundred was discontinued in twenty twelve, so boo. Ah, <laughs> uh, bet that'll still be very usable though. Yeah, yeah, you would have thought if so. People as long have managed as to get some and, and hang on to it. That that would age quite nicely, I would have thought. I mean, I know that the, the faster films, you know, uh, roll off quicker in terms of their sensitivity, but that should still have a good eight hundred in it, shouldn't it? Yeah, and also I think you can probably push the um, four hundred quite far as well. So, uh, but anyway, nice flexible films, and um, uh, the Kodak T Max party sounds fun, and it's going to be a, a good motivator for me to try out these films i haven't done before cool okay and that is just party number one (laughs) party number two uh is in march and this is one that you know more about than i do this is expired film day yeah expired film day this this is another thing i've briefly uh briefly glimpsed twitter lately which is something i try to avoid doing wherever possible because it never makes me feel good but i did um briefly glimpse at Twitter and I saw this expired film day and this is something that's been running since 2015 um I love their tagline two stops over and straight on till morning <laughs> I just it's just great great Peter Pan pull there for that um so well done to those guys uh it's happening in 2017 the expired film day is March 15 2017 it's pretty much just what it sounds like. Get some expired film. The more expired, the better. Just go out and take some pictures. Um, it does say that it's a Wednesday this year. Um, but as it notes the thing, plenty of winning pictures last year were made on lunch breaks. So, you know, you don't need to be anywhere exciting to do it. Um, on the website, which is expiredfilmday.com, they've got all the rules and um, stuff like that and prizes as well. So there's, there's things to be won here. Um uh, from various people from some film labs, from Shoot Film Co. Uh, so, um, yeah, that sounds good. 
Goodie Bag from Shoot Film Co. Uh, mystery goodies from Daniel J. Schneider's Camera Closet. Sounds ominous. Um, <laughs> some rolls of mystery expired film. I mean, it's great. It's the kind of things that could really only be appealing to film photographers. Um, as well as all the rules and stuff. They've also got uh, pictures from previous years, um, the 2016 contest winners and stuff like that. So well worth a look just to see the pictures. And the nice thing is a lot of people are talking... The, the winning pictures from last year the judges are actually commenting on the pictures and why they like them and things like that which is great because a lot of these competitions you you see oh this is the one that's won but you never get much feedback from why it's won so i, I really like that um so yeah check out that website it's great expiredfilmday.com and get your cruddy old film ready for march the 15th um I would be interested to see who can come up with the oldest film because I think you know, certainly Bill and Eric are going to be pulling some real old stuff out of the bag for that. Uh, I gave you a roll of expired film, didn't I, Aid? You did, yes, <laughs> and you stitched me up a kipper. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I gave you the easiest one I could possibly find for you to work with. Of course so you did. Used to these things. <laughs> of course you did, because you're not competitive at all. No. <laughs> it is supposed to be a party not uh, okay all right there is a little competitive element to it but okay, this is our party episode so you gave me uh what did you give me it was a uh, velvia 50 about 10 years expired uh 13 years expired and also i know so that's that going to be film... shooting at iso three and a half now is it and that film um the house that it came from was like an oven oh great <laughs> so... and an oven inside an x-ray machine yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it will be fine. Imagine what it's going to be like when you pull so, something. So you won't up. mind paying for the development then if you're sure it'll be fine? I'll just post it up to me. I'll do it for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can trust me, eh? Yeah, of course I can. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I have to say, I would, I would definitely, I would definitely cross process it rather than try and get it developed to slide film because I think cross processing is going to be a bit more forgiving with it. So, yeah, uh, you should do my do best. I did buy a tripod, didn't I? So I can now shoot ISO three film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your setup. I'm doing you a favour. I'm giving you a reason to use your uh, much maligned tripod. Mm, not sure I agree with that, but okay. All right, on to party number three, uh, which is one hosted by our good selves yes it's it's the moment everyone's been waiting for okay so i get to announce it this time around because i actually uh i actually did the draw yesterday so uh yeah you and i met up yesterday and i thought i'd escape without it but just at the last minute you remembered that you wanted me to draw the category for the next cheap shot challenge yeah, because I didn't want to get the blame for it anymore. People keep giving me sticks, especially you. And I thought, no, uh, you're here. I got the magical Holger box of uh, glittering delights, and you drew this month's challenge. And I'm not sure you did a great job of it, Aid. I think you did a worse job of it than me. Well, I don't. Because... I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. Because yeah, you know, you, you, the this 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 category, I think, is first of all, it's really quite broad. Uh, secondly, you can do it in lots and lots of different light settings. So if you've got a camera that or that only takes really slow film like I do or a camera that uh, is too ugly to come out during the day like you have, 
then you. you know either of those could uh, could be used so anyway without uh, without drawing this out any longer than the value in it <laughs> the next category the category for round three of the sunny 16 cheap shots challenge oh, hang on hang on do you know what you need to do before you you need to recap what the cheap shots challenge is just in case anybody has not heard the previous two times we've done it uh, well volunteered <laughs> Oh, God damn it. Um, okay, Cheap Shots Challenge. Very simple. All you need to do is buy yourself a camera for under £20 or under $30 and get some film and take some pictures based on the theme which Aid carefully plucked from a box. Um, and once you've taken those pictures, share them on Instagram or on Flickr or on the forums or wherever you want to share them. Just make sure we can see them. So we, you know, hashtag them cheap shots challenge or sunny 16 podcast or something. And then we will see them and we will admire them and we will get some of the awesome to come in and pass judgment on them at the end. And in the past we've had, um, Chris Gillock from the Pixelated Photographer come on. We had um, Spencer Beta come on last month who came and gave some great feedback on the animals shot. So um, great reason to get involved. And there's been some awesome stuff over the last last couple of times. Rarely from us, I have to say. Um, <laughs> but other people have done some awesome stuff. So anyway, now, without further ado, Aid, uh, hang on. Worst drum roll ever. What's the event? This time, Aid. Well, uh, the event is. <laughs> do you want to do that one again? <laughs> nope. Carry on. It's fine. <laughs> the category is this time is event. So what you have to do? Um, there's no rules other than you have to shoot an event. It could be a wedding, although that sounds a bit crazy to me. Uh, it could be a birthday party. It could be uh, a march for women's rights. It could be anything indoors, <laughs> outdoors. something like that was happening. Yeah, if the, yes. It could be indoors, outdoors, daytime, nighttime, as long as it is an event. Uh, so, like I say, I think that's a fairly uh, relaxed and broad category. Um, even people who never get a chance to go shoot because they've got kids, those kids have got to have birthdays or their friends have got to have birthdays. You know, it's yeah. it's um, no excuse. Well, OK, I mean, do we need to set a lower like what what's the lowest thing we consider to be an event and i'm thinking primarily of myself here because i don't know what the heck i'm going to take pictures of at the moment i mean it is uh okay as an example in my life would going to one of my film club meetings be considered an event um yeah, <laughs> i'm not entirely sure i get that one but they're like okay. uh, uh, a farmer's market could be considered an event Okay, it's a temporary so, yeah. thing, okay. you know, so may, maybe maybe that sort of thing. Uh, what else could be? Having visited you yesterday and now realising just when we say you live near Oxford, you do, but there's a, there's a, a marked cultural difference between Oxford and where you live because that's, that's a pretty urban area and yours is very rural. So yep. it could be the opening of an envelope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the barn door. Yeah, that's more like it. Um, it could be, uh, there's, I don't know. Um, I, I, I've no idea, really. But it doesn't have to be big. Okay, that's it's good to know. It could be your that's car good. boots. Car, you, you love car boot sales. Okay, so car boots. Okay, so, yeah, that's great. So it doesn't need to be a super special event, just a happening 
Yeah, a thing that is not there all the time, that has a time and a place and people gather for it. Okay, oh, good. I'm glad it's that broad because I was a bit worried. Um, I mean, I'm still worried because... Well, look at it this way. You've now got a cast iron excuse to tell Sinead, Sunday morning, I'm going to a car boot. Aid, this sadly uh, is a clear display of your ignorance of car boot sales because this is not car boot sale season. This is February. We're going to be heading into... That is not car boot season, Aid. Oh. We need to cut car boots for a summertime thing. Are they? Uh, yeah, I thought oh. fair. Well, I thought they were like vicious and aggressive gatherings. I thought yeah, I didn't think a little <laughs> bit of weather would bother the people that go there. Given the age of a lot of car booters, there it might kill a few of them off. So well, you know, that's just you know less competition next week, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Natural selection at work. Okay, enough of all that. Uh, Cheap Shots Challenge. It is event uh, round three. The game is on and you know the rules by now because Graham's just recapped them, but you've been through it twice already. Uh, Start shooting, start posting those shots with the hashtag Sunny16Podcast or with the hashtag Cheap Shots Challenge and we or preferably both actually and uh, we will gather them together in a few weeks uh, for the grand judgment okay right project update time uh this is the sunny 16 projects hashtag sunny 16 projects this is graham and i challenging ourselves and well let's be honest challenging each other uh to get out there shoot some photos and shoot some photos that maybe mean a little something beyond uh what we're doing uh for a quick recap uh, graham is shooting a project called well uh, the instagram account for it is called myopic me and he is exploring what kind of photos he can take without his glasses on uh let's hope for everybody's sake especially graham's ego that they're not better than his usual ones (laughs) (laughs) i have I have no ego. If people haven't realised that by now, then of course don't you want... don't. Anyway, uh, this is an update, not a piss take. Uh, so, <laughs> tell us how you're doing. Aid, I'm really glad you asked because I've been thinking a lot about my project lately. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that sounds like you're setting us up for a letdown. <laughs> Oh, no, I, I'm finished now. Let's move on. Oh, that is your update. <laughs> yeah, update. I've been thinking a lot about my project. Although, the thing is, I'm kind of up against the wall now because it's the 23rd today when we're recording, so basically the 24th tomorrow. I have to get this roll of film finished in the next five days because I have to get a roll of film done a month. So I need to get my thumb from up my bum and get out and shoot some more pictures. So, um, yeah. Yeah, but things, I'm just really reticent to do it in the gardens so um i'm going to try and find some time this week to go somewhere and even if i go around the village actually that might not be the worst thing in the world i'm going to do so but I'm, i've got to finish it up by next tuesday so i'll have to stop thinking about it and do it i think and you yeah because you set yourself so you need, you need to finish the film uh yes. and you set yourself or i set you uh yes, you set. A, a target of publishing 20 no not 20 14 no, not so i was generous i generous so i said assuming you're shooting only a, twi- a roll of 24 you should be able to post 14 of that because part of your challenge is to uh take more photographs yes it's going really well so far 
<laughs> I've taken 14 pictures. So that's something. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, I, need, I need to get on. So, yep. I've got a week to finish up this roll of film okay. so I don't yeah. fall out already. Well, you've got, but, eight, you've got eight photos on your feed already. That's true. Yes, that's true. Although that was from the... Um, the, the the test roll from this so I we, we did say that I didn't need to meet up with my 14 criteria from the test roll because that would just be cruel and unusual um, and um, thank you very much to everybody who has checked out and commented on my um, my feed I, I, I admire you guys for doing it the pictures are pretty terrible they're not likely to get any better but I appreciate you guys looking in and giving me feedback you have got it. 28 followers I know, and, and believe me, it's not it's not from making any effort at all to try and get people to follow. Quite the opposite. Well, no, but you got so, so, some na- names uh, names of our friends here. You know, the you know, friend friends of the show, as it were. You know, you've got Grainy Blur, Alex. You've got uh, Judy Boyle. You've got James Cockcroft, Bill Owens. You know, Cole Miller. Every, everybody, basically everybody who's following my account is a friend of the show. I think they're probably almost without fail. There are people who we've um, chatted to or mentioned on here, and they are also. It's it's nice to have a, a close band of people there to point out when things are going well, and I'm sure they will also point out when things are a big steaming pile of dog poo. So yeah, actually, to tell you the truth, I think you've got Rob is following you twice. He's good. God bless him. <laughs> so, so that only counts as one. Do you know though? It is good to know that we have a multi-channel media empire going on here. You know, we've got our visual channel. This, you know, myopic me, myopic underscore me on Instagram, and we got a podcast channel as well. Yeah, you know, multi-channel media world domination, pinky in the brain type stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, enough about me and my complete ineptitude at getting uh, pictures taken. Let's talk about yours because you've actually done stuff like some big smug smart. Let's hear about what you've done. <laughs> I got some photographs. Um, yeah, uh, I I'm feeling quite good actually. I'm feeling quite good uh, about my project. It's going a lot faster than I thought it would. Uh, you know, the, it, more more progress. By I mean, I guess that by that. Uh, so first off, uh, I did report last week. I think it was last week I reported on this, which was my first shoot. Uh, actually, it may have been the week before. Never mind. Anyway, I met up with Rob Hawthorne uh, early in January. Fresh, both of us fresh back after the Christmas break, and uh, after having had a couple of drinks to uh, loosen our creative skills a little bit and our inhibitions, uh, we went out in the street and took some photographs. And uh, one of them I was quite pleased with. Actually, two two or three weren't bad, but one of them I was actually really quite pleased with. Um, yeah justifiably so you've put these three pictures up on um on all the places the picture and you put them up on Flickr and you put them up on instagram and yeah i mean you put you put three pictures i think you you took about what did you say about 15 shots whilst you're out there because it's quite a hurried shoot i think it was about that maybe 20 but yeah 15 20 you made half a roll of film something like that yeah and uh, two of them are great you know they're nice shots they're nice sort of portrait shots but one of them it really is a stunning shot and um you asked before you i think you thought maybe i'm just being nice for the because i feel like i ought to be and you should know me well no, enough I right now <laughs> to know that that's not really my style i am never nice for the sake of being nice it really is a stunning shot i was really impressed um and the, the fact that you were able to 
quickly create this well-lit shot in this very urban area. Um, I, I was, yeah, just genuinely very impressed by it. The lighting's fantastic. Rob looks great. He's, uh, you know, looking magnificent there in his jacket, his beard, and all his glory. And, you know, he's just... The, the backdrop is great. The city behind you, it's just a really great portrait. Um, and you said to me before we started, oh, is it you know bad that I only got one shot I really love out of all the ones that I took? But I, you know, I don't think one amazing shot out of even a full roll of film, let alone half a roll of film, that's, that's really something to be very pleased with. I mean, I can go for multiple roles and not get a single shot that I can really give two shits about. Well, you're very kind, um, and uh, uh, I'm told uh, that Rob's wife likes it as well. And uh, you know, if you can take a photograph that the wife likes, <laughs> yeah, you're you're not doing too much wrong, I don't suppose. But anyway, I'm, I'm really pleased. I I am really really pleased, and actually really quite relieved as well. Because <laughs> you know, this is going. Th- th- let's get this straight, right? So this was a, this was a project that was supposed to be a challenge to me, right? So this is, um, and Rob had been on our show, so I'd spoken to him before, but I'd never met him before. And at this point, when we were taking these photos, we'd sat and talked over a couple of beers, right? We met up in the pub after work, and we talked over a couple of beers. And so here's me taking him out in the back street afterwards, setting up a couple of LED lights, and I. For those that don't know, uh, professionally, Rob is a video producer. Uh, and, and I don't just mean producer as in sits in a back office and tells people what to do. I mean from soup to nuts. I mean, you know, filming, lighting, uh, post-production, all sorts of stuff. And uh, so here's me saying, you know, trying to trying to work with a guy who works with all of these kinds of lighting situations for a living. And I'm trying to direct him and not make a fool of myself. <laughs> but he was very gracious um and he was a good model as well he had a good a good selection of uh uh giggly faces when i made him giggle but also a good selection of semi-serious faces like the ones i've put up on the on the board there so uh yeah um i'm really pleased and really relieved and of course i went straight on from that success um to uh, a totally different style of shoot because and this is where it starts to get silly. Who would have thought you and I meet up and it starts to get silly? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was almost inevitable, wasn't it? Because there's one thing I'm a big fan of. It's just dicking around. And uh, yeah, uh, we got to do plenty of that. Um, you got to come and see all my cameras as well, eh? Oh, so, so right. OK, for the listeners, two things that Graham has that I'm really jealous of. Right. One is a, an enormous collection of, of vintage cameras. So when I went into your house and they were all on display there in the shelf on the shelf, I thought, oh, I was like, wow. Uh, weirdly, though, and I think I said this to you yesterday, weirdly, although I think, wow, those are amazing. What an amazing collection. I don't really feel the urge to pick them up and go shoot with them. I don't know what's wrong with you. It's what I do. The thing is, when I'm feeling stressed or harassed, I just pick them up and just fire the shutters off a few times. It's, it's my calming little uh, routine. Like, oh, I'm just going to pick these up and just, you know, fondle my cameras for a bit. It'll make me feel better. <laughs> yeah, well, if I'd known you'd been fondling them, I wouldn't touch them at all. <laughs> I, I even tried to get you to take some back and try them out, but you couldn't. You'd been fobbed off with them, you, I, could you? I, so, yeah. So, that, I mean, this was good stuff. So, there's you and you, you uh, demonstrated, you showed me too, uh, one of which I, w- I I really did almost walk out of the house well, if I could remember if I could figure out what all the knobs and dials did <laughs> but you showed me two cameras that are 
on paper similar and in reality worlds apart so at the top end of the scale which felt like a beautiful piece of kit and that was the one i was tempted to take away with was uh your yashika tlr is it a 635 yeah that's right yeah it's the one that will take medium format film but can also take um 35 mil film with an adapter so that's that's a good you know uh, it had a good heft to it and it had a nice viewfinder very clear viewfinder um you know uh, of course a, a waist level finder uh and uh you know and i did that thing that everybody that doesn't use them often does which is i wanted to change the composition i could see on the screen and i turned the camera completely the wrong direction because <laughs> because the viewfinder of course is mirrored um and or not mirrored is it mirrored the right term? Back to front, no, it's back yeah. to front. Yeah, that's a much better way of saying it. Thank you. So, and that that was beautiful. Had all these, you know. Um, uh, well, I guess they. What are they made of? The dials on that? They're a silver color. Are they stainless steel? Yeah, probably. I. They're probably know. not Who aluminium, knows? are they? I mean, you could you could stop an elephant with this thing. I mean, it's it's. It, I don't think they were made of anything super lightweight. No, no, that is quite a weighty camera. But yeah, um, beautiful. I did almost take that one. Now, at the other end of the spectrum, though, the other end of the TLR spectrum was uh, a glorious hunk of rusky junk. Uh, the Lubitel 66? And that was the Lubitel 2 you got to try oh, out. The Lubitel uh, 2, sorry. <laughs> so so yeah. that's a real rusky one, not a Lomo remake. No, no, no. This is this is uh, you know it's the original. Even the even the one that branded Lomadina, they are original. You know they were from back in the day. Um, but yeah, I really wanted to because we were talking about these Russian cameras and you know the fact that obviously recently I've been shooting with the um, LCA and I you know, got my my Zenits, which again you didn't want to take one of my Zenits with you. I don't know what's wrong with you. And just that, I've got that enough door stops. Yeah, the fact that a lot of that stuff is just all a bit crap. So I thought it was a really good way of showing you that is to let you have a look at the Yashica and then have a look at the Lubitel. Because, I mean, how did you find the Lubitel just looking through it and trying to experience so, that? So um, I, I don't know whether you've got a, a good example or a bad example of the <laughs> Lubitel, but I, I literally could not see through the finder. There was clearly lots of light coming through it. But I couldn't find, uh, do they call it the relief distance? You know, how far your eye has to be away from the lens in order to be able to, to see the image properly. Happens with things like, uh, with binoculars um, getting in the, uh, and it happens uh, with, with some cameras, I suppose. But I could not get anything other than a blurry light with a bit of green because I was pointing it outdoors at your garden. Um, I couldn't get anything other than a blurry light. I couldn't see an image at all. It doesn't matter how I tried to work it, focusing it or moving it to be a different distance from my eyes. I mean, you're, ba you're basically firing blind. It's a pretty special thing. Yeah, that viewfinder really is uh, one in a million. <laughs> I mean, for a start, you know, whereas with the um, Yoshika and with all you know the other TLRs, um, they've got that sort of um, frosted Fresnel glass, so you can use it as if for a your focusing screen um what the lubitel has is is it has glass just clear glass <laughs> with a tiny spot in the middle of something a bit like frosted glass it's not but it's similar-ish so you can so you can try and focus just using the dot in the middle um but if you don't have it at just the right angle the image just disappears completely uh yeah, it's something special, and that was just you trying to look through it. You didn't even really muck around with the um, trying to figure out how to use the adjustments for the aperture and shutter speed, which are all just delightfully horrible and fiddly. No, I got but, very bored with that camera very quickly indeed. 
Yeah, but as I said to you, the frustrating thing is that it's capable of taking some really nice pictures. You just have to suffer through the act of taking those pictures to get them out the other side. But uh, yeah. do you know what them. I jokingly say? I suffer from my for my art, but no, that that's proper suffering. That is. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So those cameras, excellent. So the other thing that you've got that I'm really jealous of is, uh, and I've, if you'll have to remind me what it's called, but your new guitar that you've got, you've got some software for your computer that allows you to plug your guitar in and play along and it will change the speed, it, uh, the, the tempo of the music, it will change the difficulty of what you're practising, um, you know, all based around your ability and and the speed that you're playing at. And what's that? Was I could have sat there for the whole of the rest of the day and not taken any photos at all and just played with your guitar all day. It's good fun, isn't it? That's Rocksmith. Yeah, I, I got that last week, and um, yeah, we had a lot of fun with that, particularly with the the guitar arcade games. Where, yeah, uh, that was awesome. <laughs> so yeah, it has to be said, listeners. Um, Aid is quite clearly a very, very competent guitar player, uh, whereas I'm an idiot. Um, but that's the good thing about this software is it scales to work for idiots and very, very competent people. Uh, yeah, it's good. It was nice to see you playing it. It's nice to see the guitar being played by somebody who can actually play guitar for once. That's well, good. Well, thank you. But it's, yeah, so so that uh, was very, very touch and go whether we actually got out to take any photos at all but we did yeah. and i suppose that's what we should really talk about yeah, so you had kindly agreed to be uh the second subject <coughs> and and actually also of course the second stream if that's the right word uh for my chain reaction project um you know the idea being for chain reaction that uh whoever i take a photograph of they then introduce me to somebody else and they become the next subject and uh, I thought there's going to be a bit of a numbers element to this because it, I think I could quite easily see that a stream could dry up. You know, you might get somebody and then you might they might introduce you to somebody, but then you might not get a third. And so I thought I thought to myself, OK, we better make sure there's multiple streams here. And uh, you've agreed to be the start of one of those. So the one of the big reasons for coming up to see you yesterday was to do that. And... Uh... <laughs> It, it was fun. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, yeah. As I said to you and you, I, I don't care what we do. I'm up for anything, no matter how stupid it gets. In fact, it's going to get the more stupid if I'm helping out with it. So, no, it was great. It was a very good fun day. So, one of the things that was interesting is that I actually thought up a concept. I thought, well, yeah, okay. So, and and yeah, actually, this is good because yeah, before we were talking about the yeah, before Christmas, we were talking about starting these projects, and we we're like, yeah, I want to do some concept stuff, blah blah blah. And so, actually, doing that for real is is uh, quite good fun, quite quite uh, good creative fun. And I'd had this concept of uh, well, there were there were there was a couple of standard shots I thought we might take, but then I had this concept that was part. Monty Python, part, uh, part Joey L, the the photographer, yeah, fashion portrait celebrity photographer Joey L, um, and uh, the the Monty Python part was that I wanted to blend your podcasting, the podcasting part of your life that, of course, everybody here uh, knows you for, uh, with your professional life. Uh, you know, entrepreneurial gardener at large. 
Uh, and uh, then, of course, there was the, the photography bit. So I had the idea, a bit of a Michael Palin style desk in the middle of a field, you know, um, uh, with a microphone, a podcasting microphone some, uh, and uh, on the desk and some assorted gardening tools. Uh, I especially liked the, uh, the petrol powered uh, hedge trimmer. That was a good one. Uh, and a nice bright green colourful rake. That worked as well. <laughs> It'll look really well in your black and white shots. Yeah, I'm a bit worried about that now. More on that in a moment. Um, the So we set you up uh, in a garden. Uh, and uh, we set you up, sat at a table in a garden uh, uh, with uh, a podcasting microphone. Uh, we did uh, had some gardening tools lying around, a couple of cameras. Um, and we did that as a lit shot and we were using uh flashes speed lights um yesterday uh speed lights into a bounce umbrella uh i needed a bit more light than the led lights could provide because we were shooting during the day and it was actually quite a sunny day as well uh, so we, we, we got out uh, what for me constitutes some of the bigger guns um, and, uh, and and set you up. And I've got one. I'm not going to post it because I want to post the, the, the proper output from the film photos. I've got one digital shot um, because we cheated a little bit. Well, not cheated. We talked about this, didn't we? Didn't cheat particularly. But uh, I got one digital shot, which I shared with you, which I thought came out quite well. <laughs> just to give uh just to, just by way of a tease i think i named that shot graham of thrones <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i have been listening to for the last several days at work so basically multiple hours a day listening to game of thrones so i was very much in the mood for some very imperial looking photos <laughs> i was prepared to uh really you know be the lord of the manor so i think i carried that off well uh you did you did carry that off very well um if if the digital rushes are anything to go by so uh how did it feel it was i mean it was a lot of fun doing it um i've never been a model for somebody else in, at all in the past so that was all quite novel and um seeing all the lights and the way you got more that was really interesting because it's something that's completely alien to me and uh it looks like a lot of fun it also looks like quite a lot of hassle <laughs> so I'm not. I'm kind of like I'm. I'm admiring it, and I'm thinking ah, that'd be great. I'd love to have a go at doing that. And then I'm thinking, but there's just so much stuff to carry around. Um, yeah, but you've got a van. That's true. I have got a van. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was a lot of fun to do it because I've I've done self portraits in the past where I have dicked around to a fairly similar amount, but it's a lot more difficult when you're on your own doing it um and it was good it was nice to have somebody giving you instructions as to what you know what you actually wanted and um and sort of trying to trying to capture the idea that you had in your head and having that direction it was it was a, a good experience and um as you said you took a, a few pictures mostly really just as light tests uh on your digital camera I mean, just to check that the flash was doing what you want them to do and i mean i didn't I think you think you showed me one just to show me what the light was doing, but I didn't really want to see anything beyond that because you know, I'll, I'll wait and see what comes out the other end. Um, but no, it was just it was a fun fun way to spend an afternoon, and uh, it was really interesting for me seeing all the light set up because it's just such a different way of taking pictures from what I'm used to. I am so dependent on natural light. Uh, it's um, it is interesting. I mean, I I suspect I'm a little bit guilty of overkill on the lighting uh, because I don't get to take all of that kit out very often. 
um and and i think this project it might be slightly unusual as well. well it depends on how it pans out but if i end up taking a lot of the photos in london then that's a public transport thing for me and so i'm not going to be able to take all of those light stands and and other bits and bobs you know that that, that i brought out to play yesterday so but i think we actually used it all because there was a uh a uh a, a sort of outbuilding uh, where some of the tools were kept and when we went in there because it was inside a building effectively we used the led lights so we did use the speed lights uh, and the radio triggers and and a bounce umbrella and uh, there was at one point we had you uh, in front of a, a black backdrop so you know there were light stands and cloths and stuff like that and uh, then for the more indoor type ones uh, we just went with led lights a um, bit, bit of a simpler setup but still using three light stands i think you know for that one but not yeah uh, but being able to shoot you know uh without having to do digital lighting tests because leds continuous light no need you know no need to do uh digital lighting tests so i've got no idea how those shots came out of course because mm. there's no digital test for those no i did really like those loom cubes and you talked about them on the show a couple of weeks They're ago cool um, aren't they <laughs> They they really are. My son got for Christmas um, one of these fidget cubes, which is these kickstarted things for people who can't sit still. Um, and apparently, instead of giving them a slap, you give them a fidget cube. And um, that's what these Where's loom the fun cubes. In that? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, it's quite fun for me slapping people. Um, no, I meant where's the fun in not being able to slap him? All oh, right, yeah. I think the idea is that they get the fun of clicking things um apologies to all fidget cube fans out there um but yeah so these loom cubes are there i guess they're probably about i don't know four times bigger than that they are good and chunky but they have they've got a nice heft to them and they're just such a convenient size and the light they check out is nice and strong and i can yeah i i found those really appealing oh yeah you could have a lot of fun with these just chuck a little light somewhere and you use them with the gorilla pod and stuff like that oh yeah you could really muck around with those so um they were probably of all the kit that you had that was the thing that i looked at and thought oh yeah i like these because the, <laughs> the flashes and stuff like that it feels like this more um that's a whole educational branch that i need to go down at some point and learn about and uh, whereas this continuous light feels a lot easier to deal with it is uh, uh, for Phil. I mean, for, for, if you're prepared to to learn shooting digital, I mean, the the instant feedback of digital is is a far better way of learning lighting. Um, I wouldn't recommend that anybody uses film to to learn lighting. Um, I mean, yeah, there's an element of practice once you've got some of the basics sorted. Um, then you know, uh, with any kind of flashing light, be they big studio strobes or little speed lights or whatever, um, I think it's definite benefit in practicing with a digital camera just to understand. So that you build a mental model so that okay, if I put this thing here, this is where it's going. This is where the light's going to go. This is what it's going. This is what kind of effect it's going to have. This is what the shadows are going to look. Are they hard or are they soft? Are they, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, uh, all of that is much better done with digital, uh, but then you then you have to translate that into a workflow more or less actually. So uh, for film, so you have to start learning to use a flash meter. And I had problems yesterday because we were outside; it was so sunny, uh, I couldn't get the flash meter to fire. 
so I could fire the flashes, but I couldn't get the sort to register. So I couldn't get the flash meter to register. So I had to have the digital test shots because it was too too much ambient light, and therefore when the flashes flashed, there wasn't enough of a difference for to to trigger the light meter. Yeah. So it was yeah it was good fun. So I I I did use the opportunity as a chance to play with all the toys I don't usually get to get out, um, which was great fun. And so we'll see what happens with that. I, I am a little bit concerned um, that the uh, the digital shot that I shared with you yesterday might be the best shot of the shoot, but which <laughs> would be slightly off brief for given given the podcast that we we publish uh but we had a huge fun uh, and just being in a garden setting up props working with light stands and cloths and clamps and lights and and all sorts of things and uh it was awesome fun and you were a great model thank you very much you were very happy to uh very happy to to take direction some people are even when when i try and i'm and, and giving direction is something of a, a, a learning thing for me as well. Um, but uh, some people don't like particularly to be directed and still feel quite uncomfortable. But you just got right into it. <laughs> <laughs> when I said to you, be Donald Trump saying you're going to make Oxfordshire great again. <laughs> like, you did it. I did, yeah, yeah. You know me, I, I will never hold back. The thing that amazes me is you have to keep so much in your head because when you're doing a portrait shoot like that, especially when you're doing a shot like the ones we were doing where there are different elements involved with it, and there's just you obviously having to think about the light and you having to make sure that they're all talking to each other properly and that's all working properly, but also like okay how's everything set up in front of me what how's everything looking and has everything changed has the light changed oh it's um you really have to be paying attention to everything all the time um otherwise you just gonna you're gonna miss something small and not realize until half an hour later no you'll you'll realize when the film comes back from the lab yeah (laughs) that's the danger with doing it with film with digital you've got half a chance and i do sometimes set up with digital uh if i'm doing a shoot with digital uh with an ipad or something like that so that i can see in a like slightly bigger yeah the photos in in near time um but of course didn't have that luxury yesterday so we'll see what we will see uh and thank you it was an absolute pleasure. It was really good fun. Um, yeah, anybody else who gets aid knocking on their door, asking to come and take their pictures, um, I would say take, take the opportunity with both hands because he knows what he's doing. I was very impressed that you had this idea of what you wanted to do with the lights and you just did it and it all worked very nicely. And um, yeah, very, very impressed with the competence and execution of your photography aid and i look forward to seeing the results <laughs> excellent thank you that's good actually because i this will go out wednesday morning and uh, on wednesday evening is shoot number three so hopefully <laughs> your little vote of confidence there will be heard by gavin who is a mate of rob's and is uh, subject number three the first proper stranger so uh, the chains are, are beginning to get into new territory and I look forward to that. So folks, it's about that time of day that we like to shout at a few people and as you might imagine uh, as with most weeks uh, graham is better at shouting at people than i am uh, so over to you buddy 
these three people who I have been lucky enough to be chatting away to on Instagram this week um, and who have been giving me some very useful feedback and or just sharing some awesome stuff. So first one I want to give a shout out to is at run in fall. Um, that's his Instagram handle. And uh, he has been trying to persuade me to give my Lomo LCA another crack. Um, I'd obviously talked about this last week uh, and how I was not impressed with it at all. Um, but he did quite rightly point out that I could tape up the camera with black electrical tape as is my want and I could do something to try and improve the travel on the shutter speed on the um shutter button which I did think I've got some um is it Sugru have you come across Sugru aid I'm sure you have uh, no I'm afraid I don't know her okay this is Sugru Sugru is this like putty stuff that, that turns into like this um it sticks to anything and you can make like uh, all sorts of but basically it's like oh, I'm doing a really bad job of explaining what Sugru is um, imagine blue tech right. that goes hard but not exactly hard but goes kind of permanent so it's a putty look, look, it's putty it's, yeah, it's like a putty yeah just look it up I'm sure that everybody listening to this is going oh for goodness sakes you're doing the worst job ever describing Sugru but it's really useful stuff I actually used it to modify my um, orbital developing trade so that I can when I next come to develop some sheet film in it it'll do a better job of keeping the stuff off it's very versatile so anyway I can stick some of that on top of my shutter and that might make the travel a bit better on it so uh, yeah check out at running full he's got some lovely shots I think he might be out in Germany um, but I'm not sure certainly there's been some pictures lately from Germany but he's got some beautiful shots of architecture around Germany but also some amazing landscape shots um, a lot shot on Ektar and stuff like that some beautiful mountainscapes and woodlands I think he does quite a lot of running um, and that the places he's running are really beautiful breathtaking places so if you want to see some amazing uh color black and white photography and beautiful landscape photography then check out his feed um the next one on my list is at tina roro um or uh tina row um god it is hard to know where to start with what you might find on tina's feed because she does so much diverse and interesting stuff um from uh pinhole work to cyanotypes to um one of the craziest things i've seen on there is where she's painting shells with uh liquid emulsion and then developing pictures on these shells there's all sorts of really interesting stuff on there um I think her website is uh, Tina Rowe, um, com. Well worth a look. And hopefully Tina will be joining us because there's far too much stuff to talk about that I don't understand that I really want to pick her brains about. So hopefully Tina will be joining us in a couple of weeks and she can uh, illuminate us because, yeah, she's got some really interesting, beautiful work and she obviously does a lot of very unusual stuff in the darkroom and a lot of really interesting pictures. Um, so, yes, that's fantastic. And last on my list is at Edward Condy underscore. So that's Edward C O N D E underscore. And 
uh, Edward jumped in to say that he started listening this week and has been plowing through the back episode. So, uh, oh, really? well done. Oh, well done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's great. Actually, I think he got as far as episode 20 and he was just saying he's starting to get the bug for pinhole. And I'm trying to remember that was, that was after we'd had Corey on the first time, wasn't it? But before a second visit. So hopefully he'll be really inspired to get out and do some pinhole. And, um, and what you will love actually some of the recent pictures that Edward has been sharing aid because he has got, he has got an even more elaborate Instax system than you have. So he's got some pictures that he has taken on a uh, Lomo LCA120 camera that he's then developed, scanned in, and then he has printed them using a Fuji Instax printer, but not as a single image to a print. What he's done is he's broken up the print into three sections and then printed it onto three separate things. You've got like a, um, a triptych, which makes one image. That's awesome. It looks really good, really effective. And I could just really picture those in a nice little frame. Um, I'll have to try that then. I haven't thought about doing that. I'd have to try that. Yeah. You really should check out his Instagram feed because he got a few on recently and they, they look great. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, as always, Instagram is a constant source of delight to me. Um, people are showing some great stuff at the moment. Um, I also want to give a quick mention to uh, Obi Cole Kenobi, or um, is it at CD Miller Photos, isn't it? That's his Instagram feed. Um, I, I shout at one because he still hasn't posted that in camera what are you doing Cole I know, you're killing me here um but two he went out uh, last couple of weekends with this new long lens he'd got and went out to do some wildlife shooting and got some amazing shots really amazing shots I mean thank goodness he wasn't doing that for the cheap shots challenge because <laughs> good grief um just stunning uh, there's a great picture of a heron just taking off it really was breathtaking and I shed a few more and um yeah, uh, just well done, Cole. Really love that stuff. He's awesome. doing some fantastic stuff at the moment. Um, he's done. He's just published a whole bunch of stuff, uh, shots of deer. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, the, the it's you you it's the sort of thing you'd advertise Scotch whiskey with. You know, that, like so classic. You know, um, you know, deer with huge antlers in 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 the landscape. And stuff, and 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 uh, I mean because uh, because he's he's been quite open about it. It's just astonishing. He shot all these in Richmond Park, which for people that don't know London very well, is is a a very uh, well kept park in the suburbs in in some uh, some rather wealthy suburbs uh, of London. And he's just been going out in the morning, in the morning mist, and taking photos of of the deer uh, as in their landscape before you know uh, people get up and and start uh, start scaring them off. Um, I just think it's um, you those shots are just stunning, and the fact that they're taken in central London is like, it's just awesome. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm gonna give one more shout out to somebody who was never gonna hear. It. I want to give a shout out to my um, niece Emily because. Um, uh, she, I dumped a film camera in her lap uh, last year and said, here's a camera for you, have fun shooting this. And um, as part of that, I thought, okay, I, I need to try and help out. So I've been scanning in some of her pictures here. Now, my niece Emily is going to be 13 in February. And of this roll of film that I've developed, I would say that 80% of it are pictures of um, her and her friends dabbing 
Are you familiar with dabbing aid? Mm, is it something to do with drugs? Because if it is, we probably shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> aid, you are so not hip with the Sherbert? kids. Sherbert? I don't know. <laughs> no, dabbing is this new dance move where you basically, you know when you, you cough into your the crook of your elbow, as you're supposed to, or sneeze into the crook of your elbow, it basically looks like you're doing that. So you've got your hand down in the crook of your elbow, your head down in the crook of your elbow, and your other hand off a bit like a same bolt. The Google dabbing, because I'm pretty sure that nobody listening to this is going to have any more of a clue what dabbing is than you do. Okay, anyway, I'm going to I'm going to do that. I'm going to on the basis on on the basis that it's late at night and I'm not at work. I think it's fairly safe to do this. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's, it's but it just made me laugh. So, oh, I wonder what she's been taking pictures of. Oh, it's just a lot of pictures of 13 year old girls dabbing. Well, uh, so they they look like Usain Bolt. A little bit, yes. It does look a bit like the same vault. Um, that's all the rage now. So. Okay. Are there any other moves or just that one where they hide their faces? That seems to be it. That, according to this role of film, that's it. Oh. But boy, is it popular. Well, there's a little insight into youth culture for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, with all the old crusties that listen to this. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. You <laughs> just to be insulted. Um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, na- na- they could probably insight. go somewhere nicer to be insulted. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, but at least now they know what dabbing is, <laughs> educational and informative. Excellent. And as uh, uh, and and what better way to end a podcast? Ah, hang on. At the risk of opening a debate when we should be closing down the podcast, uh, we need to talk about Mr. Hawthorne, don't we? And his views on pushing C41 film. Okay, so listen, all I've got on here is that Rob Hawthorne says you do have to suit for longer to push C41. What further information do you have? Or is that just Rob says? <laughs> well, it's a bit of Rob says, really. But I'm sure, you know, but hey. Um, so he, following our, so, so this is this is uh, the point at which uh, if we had any facts available to us, this would either be to uh, to say na 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 to Rob, um, or it would be to say, I'm sorry, listeners, we need to publish a correction. We were wrong. And I have no idea which one it is. And it might be neither, or it might be both. Anyway. Uh, following our episode last week, uh, where you were helping me to understand, well, actually, I, did, I failed to understand, but I, I, I understand the instructions, but don't understand how it worked, about how pushing C41 isn't an extra thing that you do. Um, it's just relying on the latitude of film. Uh, Rob sent me an email and said, do you know what? Actually, you can leave c41 film in the chemicals he didn't say which part of the process i guess the development part of the process for a longer period of time just a few seconds and uh, that does have a similar effect to uh doing that with black and white film although i think the times are uh, are shorter but you know, don't quote me on that because i am very ill-informed on this yeah i mean i i had a quick look into this before the show um and I'm not going to disagree with Robin that you can't push develop C41, but I am I'm not sure how worthwhile it is um, because I don't think C41 coats are being pushed very much. And it, from the limited amount of reading that I've done, most people seem to be saying uh, go use the latitude of the film to cope with it so as we said last week you know if you've got 400 speed film and you and you want to push it to 800 you wouldn't push the film in development at that point you just develop it as usual and 
let the latitude of the film cope with it. And you know, obviously you're going to lose some of the range at the end because of that, but it's got enough in there. Whereas if you start pushing it, then you can run into problems with color shifts happening. Um, so yeah, like I said, I, I'm, I'm sure you can push it and I would not be stupid enough to say that you can't, but unless you're doing something fairly hefty, you're more than likely going to just be using the latitude in the film to cope with that. But that said, I would really be interested to hear from you know other people like Rob who have got more experience of this than myself. And um, because the thing is, the developing it is that the time is pretty short for color film. Um, I think my Fuji Hunt kit, I think it's three minutes fifteen seconds. So you and you, they make quite an issue of you need to be fairly precise with this. Um, so I don't know how much longer you'd go. Um, but yeah, I would really love to hear anybody who's got experience if they have pushed it, um, uh, you know, what they've done, how far they've managed to push it, or if they have just used the latitude of the film, how they found the results with that. So yeah, let, let us know what your um, experience of this is, because I know for a fact there will be people who are listening who have done more of this than we have. Mm, interesting so you heard it here first folks graham apologized i no, wait 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 <laughs> oh no no he didn't no, that's he the didn't. closest i've ever heard you get so <laughs> yeah i mean rob's still wrong let's clarify that <laughs> okay i tell you what though the process is certainly working because people are people are getting in touch and, and telling us stuff so telling, and... telling us i'm wrong yeah well, those people can get stuff <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, good good leadership of the community there, mate. Well well done. Okay, Thanks. all right. That really is the end of the show, folks. Uh, uh, but it's uh, like when we have guests on, we have to shut Graham down before he gets really narky. Um, yeah. So I would like to say, uh, get in touch at Sunny16Podcast uh, on the Instagram, on Twitter, on Flickr group, uh, Sunny16Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks as always to Chris for hosting and support for to Bill for the show notes and to Kevin McLeod for the music. I'm looking forward to hearing some news next week from Graham about how he's getting on with the Cheap Shot Challenge and more importantly how he's getting on with his real challenging project. Uh, until then, dear listeners, uh, goodbye. Bye. <laughs>